This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The Glossing Detangler and Perfect Conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back to another episode of Seeing Other People. Together, we're navigating modern dating alongside experts and real life daters who are sharing their stories. Don't have a date for tonight? No problem. Come learn, laugh, and maybe even cry along with us as we navigate the dating scene together. Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. We have a solo episode today because you guys haven't been writing in that you are loving them. So I love that. That makes me so happy. Thank you for stroking my ego. I will continue to bring you guys some more solo episodes. Before we get into the crux of what we're going to talk about today, I need to address the fact that it is absolutely positively batshit crazy that I am doing this recording right now. It is 6.14 p.m. on a Friday night. I have had the most bizarre, frustrating, exhausting day. Um, Woke up at 7.30. Barkley's been sick all week. I also have been sick all week, of course. Uh, Woke up to Barkley being sick at 7.30. Ended up going for a really long walk with him at that time, which I never go for walks at 7.30. I don't wake up at 7.30. It's like not a thing I do. But today I was awake. It was so beautiful. And I was just like so enjoying how calm and peaceful and quiet it was. And the fact that I was on this nice walk. And I'm like, wow, I start debating. Do I want to become a morning person? Like is morning Alana a thing of the future? And as I'm debating that, I see this tiny little baby bird like sitting on the edge of a sidewalk pressed up against the wall. And every single time somebody passed the baby bird, it like tried to dig itself into the wall. Like you could tell it was so scared. And I need to preface this with a little fun fact about me that most of you definitely don't know. While I am a dog mom now, my childhood was actually about being a bird girl. Like, you know, there are horse girls, there are like cat people, dog people. No, like we were bird people. I think I had seven birds growing up. Um, I don't remember all of their names, but we had a bunch of parakeets. We had Mac, we had Quack, we had Jeter. Um, I forget the other names of the parakeets. We had a cockatiel named Lucky and Lucky lived for like seven years. At one point we had an African gray parrot named Smokey that we ended up having to return after a week or so. Cause we were like so allergic to it. Shocker. Um, but yeah, so I was a bird girl. So I see this tiny little baby bird. Like it was the size of like a tangerine and it seemed so scared. And I was just standing there like this bird's life is in my hands because 
Think about it. In an hour, it was going to be like prime rush hour, everybody heading to work, all of the delivery people with their carts and like giant dogs. And this is a little baby bird the size of a tangerine. So I looked around for like where its nest could be, like where it could possibly have come from. Couldn't find anything, but there was like a giant, and I mean like 20 foot long by like 10 feet wide planter type of thing that was like six or five feet elevated. And so I picked up the little scared bird and I dropped it off in the little planter. And a minute later, like a few, like half a block down, I actually saw this woman like feeding some of the birds. So I talked to her and brought her over to look at the bird. And she was like, oh yeah, like it's calling for its mom. You can tell like it's too young for me to even feed it breadcrumbs. Like it doesn't want that. And it was just so sad, but it was just like, wow, nature and little baby birds in New York City at 7.30 in the morning. Alana's going to become a morning person and hopefully save this bird's life. Maybe, don't know, hopefully its mom found it or its siblings found it and found the mom. Who knows? Anyway, so that was the start of my day. And then I proceeded to go to a rumble class, which is mind-blowing because I have literally been like so sick, glued to the couch, went through four tissue boxes this week. Um, After that, came back had a recording. While I had the recording, my dad was actually here to visit Barkley since he's been sick. So my dad distracted Barkley during the recording. And then I had to go to a doctor's appointment because I've been sick and we're trying to get to the bottom of why am I always so sick? So went to the doctor. Um, doctor said, yeah, I don't really know. Like something's wrong, but we don't know what. Uh, so some more tests to come on that. And then I proceeded to have to take Barkley to the animal hospital. I'm so sorry. This is a four minute rant about my day. But you guys, I just need to update you on this day because it's a hell of a day. Anyways, had to take Barkley back to the animal hospital um, because he's been sick for four days now and hasn't gotten any better and he's gotten worse. And it's really scary. And I think the hardest part of it is that like he can't tell me how he's feeling. Like he can't tell me if he's feeling better or if he wants to go to the doctor or if He thinks he's going to be fine. And like, I don't need to worry. He can't tell me. And it's so sad and it's so hard. So anyways, literally just got back from the animal hospital. It also like absolutely downpoured. Um, That's somewhere between I had to go pick up like prescriptions from that my doctor sent in and prescriptions for Barkley. And it's just been a day. And I came back and I was like, I need to make this recording now about reframing modern dating so that's what we're doing. That is what today's topic is. It is something that I've wanted to talk about for a very long time. It's something that I think we all could benefit a lot from doing. And listen, I don't have all the answers. I'm sure there are so many more ways to do this than what I'm going to suggest. But I really think it's so important to take a minute or 20 or 30, whatever, and have this conversation about how can we approach dating in a way that is less terrifying, less anxiety producing, less painful. Because at the end of the day, dating should be fun. It should be a positive learning experience where you get to meet new people and learn about other people and learn about yourself and have new experiences. But it has become so riddled with anxiety and fear and pain that you can't even enjoy it. I think a big reason I wanted to have this conversation is in part due to the number of DMs and emails that I get from you guys who, after going on one date, you're already in such a panic about, okay, it's 12 o'clock the next day and I haven't heard from them. Like, what if they didn't like this? Or what if the kiss was awkward? Or what if I said something I shouldn't have? Like, what if I never hear from them again? It's like, you literally did not know this person existed a week ago. You had never met them in person until less than 24 hours ago. And 
their decision to send you a text or not send you a text is dictating how you are feeling and is dictating whether you can show up at work, show up to an exam at school, show up as a friend, as a daughter, as show up for yourself even. It is all consuming and it shouldn't be. So I want to preface that as why we're starting this conversation, why we're having this conversation. And I hope that this is a continued conversation that we have. I hope we do more episodes on it. I hope you guys write in. I hope um, we can have conversations on Instagram and TikTok about it and really spread this message to our friends, to our coworkers, to anyone we know who is struggling with this being present and staying positive in dating. Okay. So I think a natural place to start, and I alluded to it, but let's start with first dates. And even before first dates, meeting people on apps. We feel like the dating apps dictate our life. They dictate our mood. They dictate, are we attractive? They dictate, are we worthy of the type of people that we think we could be compatible with? They dictate, am I going to find somebody to go on a date with? They dictate, am I good enough to get a match to get somebody who is going to respond to me or message me first? We need to throw all of that out the window. Like right here, right now, literally like throw something at your window. I don't care. Don't break it. But like, if you have, you have a tissue nearby? No, not everybody's sick all the time. Like you are, Alana. Nobody has tissues nearby them all the time. Metaphorically, take something invisible and throw it out the window, okay? The dating apps are not the end all be all. They have nothing to do with how worthy of love you are with if you're attractive, with if you should go on a date with somebody. The dating apps are just a tool. They are a tool to help you meet people. Okay? That's it. They do not dictate anything beyond that. Your worth, your future, they're just a tool. That also means we have to use them as though they are just a tool. What do I mean by that? I mean, do not spend every waking minute swiping. Okay? You don't need to have every single dating app on the planet. The more time you spend on dating apps, the worse you're going to feel. Not only that, but it's actually going to make your decision process more difficult. Like it is going to be harder for you to dictate, okay, is this somebody I'm actually interested in getting to know versus, oh, is this just somebody who responded to me in this moment that I was on this app? So I'll respond. It's going to make it harder for you to dictate like, okay, who should I actually be swiping right on or matching with? Because you're just going to want, it's like, it becomes a game. It's like, you want to swipe more so that you get more matches so that you can start more conversations and see where one goes. It's like, I understand the idea of guess it's a numbers game, but that numbers game doesn't matter if you are feeling burnt out. If you are feeling mentally drained by how much time you are spending on these apps and how many different people you're looking at when you're not actually getting out on dates or you're getting on on dates, but it's not working. And so it makes it seem like there are a million single people out there, but none of them are for you. None of them want to be with you. None of them are the right person. And none of that is true. I cannot recommend enough making a limit for yourself. Like literally set a limit. You can set limits for the amount of time you can spend on certain apps in your phone. You should set a limit for your dating apps where you can only spend 10 minutes a day on them, maybe 20 if you have conversations going. And there will be a notification that comes up on your phone and says, hey, time limit. And that will keep you in check. That will hold you accountable for saying like, okay, maybe I'm spending a little too much time on here. They're not a game. This is actually real life. 
And I want to be more cognizant of the choices that I'm making on the apps. I don't want to overwhelm myself. Maybe I can swipe through 10 people a day and I'll swipe right on three and maybe one of them will like me back. And that's the person I'll talk to. The more swipe happy you get and the more time you spend just looking at people, you're literally shopping online and that's not how it should be. Every single person you're swiping by is an actual human being who is also having these same shared experiences. They're also feeling this pain. They're also feeling this anxiety. They also want to meet somebody. So remember that for the most part, like we're all on the same team. We all want to be treated well. We all want to be treated like humans. We all want to find love. And yeah, maybe some people aren't actually looking for love in that moment, but that's okay too. They're allowed to look for whatever they need in that moment. That's where communication comes in. We'll talk about that another time. You guys know that I struggle with confidence. I'm always my biggest critic. And when I notice something about myself that I don't like, I can't stop fixating on it. I'm working on all of this, but it can be hard. A year ago, I noticed that my hair was thinning and I was finding more and more strands of hair on the floor every time I would walk around my apartment. When I would look down in the shower, I would freak out at what I saw in the drain. That's when I opened up to my best friend who happens to be a doctor. And she said two things that changed my life. The first was that she knows so many women our age going through the same thing. The second is that she told me to try Nutrafol. And so I did. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. A year later and a month before my wedding, and I cannot believe the number of people who have been complimenting how long, strong, and healthy my hair looks. I never imagined that this would happen. And naturally, as a result, my confidence has transformed. I'm no longer self-conscious when it comes to my hair. And honestly, that is a huge, huge, huge personal win for me. And you guys know I'm hilariously bad at sticking with habits and taking something every day or doing something every day. But with Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online with no prescription required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure that you'll never miss a day. You'll see results in three to six months. And trust me, it is worth the wait. You can start so easily by taking their hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering the Seeing Other People family 10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code seeing other people. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code seeing other people. That's Nutrafol.com promo code seeing other people. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. When I first started seeing other people, some of my closest friends and family could not believe it. Not because they didn't think I was capable of being a podcast host, but because I usually can't get through a sentence without sniffling. And during allergy season, forget about it. My seasonal allergies are debilitating and my sinus congestion and pressure has always left me feeling so sick. But luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, 
and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Claritin D has truly transformed my life. Not only can I breathe better and sleep better since taking Claritin D, but I also can get through the day so much smoother. I used to have to cancel plans because of how bad my allergies were. I'd go through a tissue box a week, sometimes more, and my eyes were always watery. But Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes, and it tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. It's truly the greatest thing I've ever come across and I am so grateful that I found it and started using it. Are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Brave the uncomfortable. Those are the words engraved on my bracelet that have gotten me through some of the most anxiety-inducing moments over the last few years. And that's why I could not be more excited to encourage you all to get a Presently bracelet of your own with a phrase that resonates with you. Presently is a line of mindfulness bracelets engraved with words inspired by cognitive behavioral therapy. The brand was started by two sisters, Lindsay and Emily, who have obsessive compulsive disorder, aka OCD, and anxiety. They realized that when stuck in an anxiety spiral, it's hard to put into practice the tools that they learned therapy sessions. They looked and looked for bracelets that could serve as reminders to interrupt that spiral, but they couldn't find anything besides the cheesy good vibes only and no bad days types of messaging. They started Presently to bring more authenticity to self-help anxiety management. And as someone who has had a Presently bracelet for three years, I mean it when I say it really makes a difference. So whether you need encouragement to make it onto that date that you've been anxious about, a calming mantra to get you through a big day at work, or simply a reminder that you're not alone, Presently has your back. Their bracelets are so beautiful and elevated, and they also make amazing gifts. And I know because I have gifted a few over the years, and my friends were so excited to get one and have worn them ever since. There are six phrases to choose from, and if you're indecisive, there's a quiz that you can take to help you choose the perfect reminder for your anxiety. Plus, 5% of each bracelet is donated to your choice of four mental health nonprofits. I wholeheartedly love and support Presently, and I know that your Presently bracelet will bring you as much comfort as mine has brought me. So head to presentlybracelets.com. That's P-R-E-S-E-N-T-L-Y bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code seeing other people. And before we move on from dating apps, I need to mention, reminder, there are a million other ways to meet people, okay? That is why dating apps are just a tool. That is why they're not the end all be all. Because you can meet people at a bar. You can meet people at a party. You can ask your friends to set you up. You can meet people at work. You can join a book club or a sports team or a running club or sign up for a pottery class or take the subway or stand in line at a coffee shop or go walk around a park, go to a dog park, go to a swimming pool. There are a thousand million ways to meet people, okay? That's literally how the world went on. That is how the earth was populated and had continued to populate. That's how our ancestors did it. That's how our parents and our grandparents and our great-grandparents and their great-grandparents, that is how they met people, okay? Not with dating apps. So dating apps are just a tool. They're not the only way, all right? So get off of your phone, go outside, go put yourself in real-life situations, go to speed dating events, go to singles events, go to a party, Go to the doctor or your local animal hospital if you have a pet who's sick. Go wherever you're going in your daily life and just look up from your phone while you do it. Because I guarantee you've already passed by somebody, multiple people who would make great life partners for you. And you never know where a hello will lead. 
All right. So we got to take a step back with the dating apps. They are not the end all be all. They don't dictate our worth. They don't dictate what we deserve. They don't dictate anything besides, oh, maybe there's somebody I will meet on this app to go out with next week. That's it. It's just a tool. It is just a tool. A dating app is just a tool. Next. Let's say you do meet somebody on a dating app. You match with somebody. You get in a conversation. You're going to go out and date with them. Okay. We need to take the pressure off of a first date. Like I cannot stress enough how much we need to reframe the purpose of a first date and the way we go into the first date. Because so many of us go into the state, we work ourselves up so much in our minds. Maybe we're talking to somebody for oh, even just a little while. We start to kind of imagine, oh, like we have such great chemistry over text or, oh, like they also have three sisters. So like they get how I grew up or we come from the same place and like we both love the same TV shows and we love to rank our espresso martinis, like whatever little thing it is that you are connecting on that goes a long way in our minds. And that makes us think like, okay, maybe there is a real chance with this person. And I really need this date to go well. And I need to impress them. I need them to think I'm amazing because I need this to be it. Otherwise I'm back to square one. Like that is so much pressure to put on yourself. And that is so much pressure to put on that person because neither of you are going to live up to those expectations. Okay. That's just not reality. That's not possible. You need to go into a first date just thinking of it as a first meeting. It's the first time you're meeting somebody new, okay? And maybe you guys will get along. Maybe you'll have a fun time. Maybe you'll flirt a little. Maybe you'll open up about something. Maybe you'll kiss at the end of the night. Maybe you won't. Maybe none of those things will happen. Maybe there will be no chemistry, but you still got out of the house and that's a win. You went to a new restaurant. That's a win. You tried a new drink at a bar that you've never tried before. There are so many things that we gain from first dates aside from, is this person my life partner? Is this person my husband, my wife? Are they going to want to see me again? Okay. We don't need to be deciding these things. We don't need to be looking for some of these things. Because if we're going into it, trying to answer these questions, that's when the next day we start to spiral and we start to panic. And we're like, oh my God, I will die if I don't see this person again. No, you fucking won't. You didn't know that they existed a week ago, okay? Sometimes even less than that. They are literally just a person. They are so flawed. You just haven't had a chance to see their flaws. And if it doesn't work out with this person, you will be okay because you were okay a few days ago or a week ago before you had ever heard their name or ever seen their picture. You were a whole, complete, unique, wonderful, special, loved individual before you met this person. So if for some reason, you felt that connection. You're excited to see them again. They didn't feel the same. That's okay. Because think about all of the times where you go on a date too, and you think the person's great, but the connection's just not there. And there's literally nothing wrong with them. You can't even pinpoint why you don't want to see them again. You're just like, eh, they're not the one. All right, that's it. You're not going to find the one until you find the one. You're not supposed to hit it off with every single person. You're not supposed to have chemistry or that connection with every single person. And yes, sometimes you feel it and they don't. Sometimes they feel it and you don't. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It doesn't mean it was a waste. It doesn't mean it was a fail because there's still something that you can find that you can take away from that experience. And every single dating experience builds on one another. 
So let's please, 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 like I want everybody to try and make this a goal for themselves. The next date you go on, the next first date you go on, or even second date, just try and go into it thinking like, how cool is it that I'm meeting somebody new and we get to talk about who knows what, like no idea what things we're going to have in common or what we're going to laugh about. We get to go to a fun place and have a good time. And it's a few hours and then it's over. And maybe we'll decide that we want to do it again. Maybe we won't. That's it. That's all it has to be. And if you can approach it with that mindset, you will feel so much better because you're taking the pressure off. You're taking the pressure off of them to meet your expectations. You're taking the pressure off of you to be perfect. You're taking the pressure off of the whole situation that it has to pan out and has to work and that it has to be this whirlwind romance or this relationship that you're so badly looking for because that pressure is not going to allow you to be your best self or to even be yourself sometimes. We just don't realize it in the moment. I want to mention though one caveat with the first date situation where I said like, you don't have to be looking for your husband or your wife or your life partner or someone who wants a relationship. If you know that you want a relationship and you have encountered in your past dating history, many people who don't want that, and that has been something that has caused you pain, then there is absolutely nothing wrong. In fact, I encourage you on your first dates to bring up the conversation naturally, organically, casually, doesn't have to be this huge conversation. Find out what they're looking for. Because if they're not looking for the same thing as you, there is literally no point in continuing to entertain this situation because it's just going to lead to you getting hurt. And think about how much less hurt you would be if you find this out halfway through the first date, then if you find this out six weeks later or six months later. And a friend of mine was going on a first date last night and she had it in her head that because this person had recently moved to New York City, she assumed that he probably isn't looking for something serious. And I said, well, you don't know that. Maybe he completely is looking for something serious. It's wrong to make those assumptions, but the only way to know is to ask. And there's literally nothing wrong with saying like, so how's dating in New York City been treating you? And that's a question that I loved to ask on my dates when I was single, because their answer probably tells you exactly what they're looking for. And not only that, having a conversation about dating on dates, I have found those to be my most insightful conversations, the most fun conversations. You don't have to pretend that this is the only person you're going on a date with. It's the first date. I think bringing up that conversation, like, oh, like, how's dating been for you? It's clear you're both single and dating and going and meeting people. That's why you're here. Otherwise, the two of you wouldn't be here. Those conversations, trust me, like they end up being the most fun. And that's when you really get to like learn about the person and get out of that typical, the basics of like, oh, where'd you go to college? Where'd you grow up? How many siblings do you have? Like those things, those conversations aren't fun. Okay. We've all had them a million times. Let's talk about something real. You should talk on a date the way you like talk to your best friends, you know, and just feel like yourself and be yourself. And a huge part about our current lives is dating and going on dates. And it could be fun. It could be funny. It could be silly to talk to this person about it. Should you tell them that you went on a first date with somebody the last three nights? No. Should you say, oh yeah, I just got fucked over by this situationship I was in for like four months because I was looking for something serious and turns out they weren't, but they said they were, but then they just changed their mind. Like, no, we don't need to get into all of that. 
But you can say like, yeah, I don't know what's in the air, but the apps have been crazy. And I was really looking forward to meeting you because I have had a hard time finding great, awesome people that I'm excited to meet. You could end up talking about funny dating stories and exchanging those for a little bit of your date. You could say, yeah, you know, I was seeing someone for a bit, but I found out we were just looking for different things. So excited to get back out there. You don't have to dive too far deep if you don't want to, or if they're not diving deep, meet them where they're at. But don't be afraid to ask questions. And I know some of those examples I gave were a little more on the casual side, not really getting into it. But if you want to know what someone is looking for, just ask. And if that how's dating been for you lately question isn't getting to that answer, just say like, yeah, like what are you looking to find right now? Or in your answer of how dating has been for you. Because if you ask that question, they answer, they'll probably say, what about you? And that's where you can say something like, yeah, if I meet somebody who I'm excited about, then I would definitely love to see if it can turn into a relationship. Boom, done. That's not that scary. It's not that hard. It doesn't have to be this big thing. It turns into a big thing when you're not talking about it and you're not being upfront and communicative about what you're looking for. You're not asking the questions and being curious with them to find out what they're looking for. Because that's when we make assumptions. That's when the lines get blurred. That's when we end up spending three, four, five, six, seven, eight dates, weeks, sometimes months with somebody who the whole time we were looking for different things. And trust me, I did that enough for all of us. And I wish I learned from my mistakes sooner. But that is why I'm here to tell you guys what mistakes not to make because I did them for all of us. Raise your hand if you have dating anxiety. All right, all right. I know that everyone has their hands up. And I get it. I had debilitating anxiety when I was single. And even when I first started dating Jake, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I know that is not a good way to feel and that is not a fun way to date. And I get it. It can be hard to find an anxiety relief tactic that works for you. That's why I'm so excited to introduce you to a new one that has helped me dramatically with my wedding and work stress and anxiety over the last few months. And trust me, there's been a lot of it. Sunset Lake CBD is an amazing company that not only has helped me feel so much better, but they also have a really cool history and mission. Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. As farmers, they believe in providing only top-shelf CBD and hemp products at fair prices. So they cut out the middlemen and they ship their CBD straight from their farm to your door, which means that their CBD is affordable and trusted because CBD and anxiety relief can help everyone and they want it to be accessible to anyone. Trust me when I say that when I'm stressed or anxious, my sleep is the first thing to go. But despite everything I have going on right now, I've been taking a sleep gummy before bed and my sleep scores on my aura ring have been through the roof. Plus, I'm finding myself relaxing more at night and being able to turn off my work brain and my anxiety with the help of their CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews. Whether you want to sleep better, relax better, focus better, recover better, or anything in between, Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. So check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use code SOP for 20% off your order. That's code SOP for 20% off farmer-owned, Vermont-grown Sunset Lake CBD. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. 
You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion and I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me, I always choose comfort over how something looks, but with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right, so we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. All right. So recapping reframes so far, we have dating apps are just a tool. That's it. They are just a tool. We have first dates are about fun and curiosity and meeting somebody new. All right. They are not about, oh my God, is this person going to be the love of my life? And I'm going to die if I had a good time and they didn't, they don't want to see me again. That's it. Done. All right. The next reframe. We need to talk about the day after, all right? The morning after, the afternoon after, hopefully not the night after, because at that point, you're probably freaking out. But what we're going to talk about now is hopefully going to mitigate that. I think the absolute hardest part of dating is after the date and you're waiting for them to text you. They're possibly waiting for you to text them and nobody's texting each other. Everybody's thinking about it. Nobody's doing anything. There is nothing worse than the feeling of not knowing, okay? and waiting and feeling like you don't have control. Nobody said you don't have control. Nobody said you can't send the text. Nobody said that you can't follow up and say, hey, I had a great time and would love to see you again if you're up for it. Nobody said that. That's a lie. So many people have said it on social media. And that's why people, specifically women, feel like they can't do that. And then we end up in pain and panicking and in this anxious overthinking spiral and it eats us alive and it dictates how our entire day is going to be. And that's not okay. And that makes me so sad. And it's so frustrating when I see people saying, yeah, you have to wait for the guy to send the text. Or if you haven't heard from them by the next day, like that's it. They're not interested. Like do not reach out. That's embarrassing. Like, no, it's all about communication. Okay. Every single relationship, every healthy relationship, the foundation is communication. And so in order to create that, you want to set that foundation from the start. You want to show, hey, I can communicate with you. And if I communicate with you, you're also more likely to communicate with me. And me communicating shows, hey, I'm not playing games. I'm not playing hard to get. I'm not making you do all the work. I'm here and we're equals in this situation. So if you are sitting there and it is the day after the date and you're waiting to hear from them, and you're starting to spiral and overthink, oh, maybe they didn't have a good time, or maybe this thing was awkward, or maybe they didn't like that I said this. Stop, okay? Pick up your phone, open your message app, and text them. You can say something as simple and straightforward as, hey, had a great time last night, would love to see you again. Boom, okay? 
Or if you want to be a little more like witty and subtle than that, you can bring up something that you talked about on the date and say like up for round two of blah, blah, blah. You never know anything like that. Or just start a freaking conversation. If you're a little too shy and timid to be upfront, start the conversation. Okay. And see where it goes. Get a vibe for how they're feeling and how they're responding. And here's the thing. There are going to be people who are listening to this and they're like, but blah, blah, blah says that I should never send this text. Like, I don't fucking care. I don't want you to feel anxious. I don't want you to feel helpless because you are a awesome, cool, independent, strong, brave person. And you can send a text to a person you just spent a few hours with the night before. You can send a text. You can send a text to somebody you kissed last night. You can send that text. It's so funny because we become so comfortable with people in such a short time in person. And then the second we're out of person, out of person, the second we're not with them in real life and there's a phone between us, for some reason, we just feel like we can't do anything. And we feel like it's a whole different game. But then we're with them and it's so normal and calm and casual. And you're not overthinking everything you're saying. It's just natural. You know what else is natural? Texting your best friend. Okay? So text this person. Let them know how you're feeling or ask what they're doing the following week to grab another drink. Who the fuck cares? The worst thing that's going to happen is they say, hey, I had a great time too, but I'm just not feeling it. Great. Now you have your answer. And what does that mean? If you have your answer, it means you can move on instead of sitting there all day, maybe sometimes for multiple days for a week waiting to hear from this person or texting back and forth every few hours and trying to decipher their texts and asking all your friends, what does this mean? Do you think they're interested? Like that is the worst feeling on the planet. And yeah, getting rejected isn't fun either. But honestly, I think nine out of 10 times people feel relieved to just have their answer. Okay. It stings. It hurts our ego a little bit, but then you get to move on. That's it. It's done. It's like releasing this painful feeling of the unknown. And The worst case scenario is better than feeling the unknown. I promise every single time. Honestly, I don't think there was ever a time where no matter how much I liked the person after like the first one, two or three dates where I got rejected over text or over the phone, whatever, where I didn't feel better just having that answer. Every single time I would rather know than not know. Okay. I promise you guys. So if sending that text helps you know, then send the text. The text is never going to make somebody decide, oh, I don't want to see Alana again because she texted me that she had a good time on the date and wants to see me again. Like, ew, out on Alana, bye. No. And if there's somebody who is so superficial that they want to be chasing you and they need you to play hard to get and not send them that text, like that doesn't sound like an emotionally mature or emotionally available person who is capable of building a healthy relationship right now because they're just in it for the chase and for the games. So that's not what we want either. So if that person is going to be like, oh, they texted me, I don't want that, ew, then we don't want to be with them anyway. Bye. Guys, I get so worked up. Like I literally, every time I do a solo episode and I end up talking about something like this, like I'm literally flailing my arms. I wish you guys could see me right now. I don't know why I don't record solo episodes on video. Homework for next time. All right, so recapping. Reframe number one. Dating apps are just a tool. Reframe number two, first dates are for having a good time. Reframe number three, you can send the text. Okay, who is ready for reframe number four? 
I know you guys have heard this one before. And if you haven't, then your mind is going to be blown right now. This specific reframe really empowers you in dating. And that is why I think it is so important. Stop asking, do they like me? And start asking, do I like them? If you could actually master this and start putting this into practice in your dating life, it is going to change everything. And it's so hard to remember and to focus on in the moment. But I guarantee at least 50% of the time that you have felt anxious over somebody that you went on one to six dates with, you're not even sure if you like that person. And if you haven't thought into it, like that sounds like a reach, but it is crazy how much we just want to feel validated and we want to feel liked and we want to know that they want to see us again where that actually convinces us. Like we are thinking about them so much. We are staring at our phone, waiting for them to text us. We are wondering how long it's going to be or when the next time we're going to see them is. All we want to do is have that validation and know that they want to see us again. That we don't even stop to think, wait a second, do I like this person? Did I genuinely enjoy spending time with them? Am I really that excited to see them again? Because we are so focused on, well, what did they think? And I get DMs from you guys all the time of like, hey, I went on this date last night. It was like our second date or it was our first date. And yeah, there were definitely like some awkward moments and some things where like, I feel like I said something and he didn't really get the joke or she didn't take it the way I meant it or this thing happened. And I felt really uncomfortable with how they reacted. All of these things are literally you saying there were awkward moments on this date and there were things that we really like clashed on. Not for a second are you saying, I really liked this person and I hope that I see them again. It's all, yeah, the date was awkward, but what if I don't hear from them? What if they thought it was awkward? What if they thought this thing was bad? You're literally pointing out things about them that aren't compatible with you, but all you're saying is, but I need them to want to see me again. Why haven't I heard from them? Why haven't they texted me? It's so important to stop and think before you let yourself get to that place. Do you actually like them? There were so many times in my dating life where I actually had never thought about that. All I cared about is if they liked me. That's all I needed to know. That's all I wanted. I wanted to know that they wanted to see me again. And it literally took my other friends asking like, Alana, do you even like this person? And me wiggling my way around the answer. And I wish I could take back all of that anxiety surrounding wanting people to want to see me again that I didn't even want to see again. Like I wasted so much time and energy on people who I actually didn't like, who there was no way we would have ended up together. I just wanted to know that they wanted to see me again. And that's so upsetting and so frustrating to think about. So I really encourage you guys to take a step back, especially when you start to spiral, maybe before if possible, and ask yourself like, is this somebody I actually like? Or do I just want them to like me? All right, so that is reframe four. Stop asking, do they like me? Start asking, do I like them? Try it, let me know how it goes. You know, I actually had a friend text me and I wanna bring this up because I just said reframe and that reminded me of her response. But um, a friend texted me that she had a really scary, like anxious nightmare that her boyfriend broke up with her. And she was like, did that ever happen to you? And if so, do you have tips to quiet the mind? And I know that if she texted me about this, this is something that was really, really bothering her. Like she woke up for a few hours, was overthinking, oh my God, what does this mean? Is he going to break up with me? Is this a sign? Like, do I need to be worried? Am I missing things? So she texts me and I immediately answer, I'm so sorry. That really sucks. But think about it. That's a fear. 
okay? Him breaking up with you is a totally valid fear. And it is absolutely okay to have those fears in the back of your head. But there's nothing in there that says, oh, this could be coming, or this is foreshadowing, or you need to think into this because you had a nightmare about something that you fear. If anything, it's just your subconscious reminding you how special he is. And so there are two ways to look at the things that happen to us, whether it's having a nightmare that the person you love is going to break up with you, or if it's, you know, not knowing what to say to somebody, having a nightmare that this person's not going to text you back, whatever it is, you can always reframe it instead of sitting there in a doom spiral. So yeah, if you have a nightmare about it not working out with somebody that you really, really like or that you love, that just means that you care about them. Of course, you're going to have that nightmare. It's a fear. That makes sense. Anyway, she responded. She was like, wow, I really like this reframe. Thank you so much for that. And I'm really proud of her because this is somebody who is very into like manifesting and thoughts become things and would definitely like take something like this and think really, really deeply into that of like, was it what does it mean? But for her to be able to hear what I said and be like, oh, you're so right. Yeah, I do really care about him. That makes sense. Okay, great reframe. Moving on. I'm really proud that that was the takeaway from that. So just remember, like there are so many ways to look at a different situation, but you always have control over the thoughts in your head. You have control over the story that you're telling yourself. So if the story that you're telling yourself is driving you up the wall and making you crazy, tell yourself a different story or do something about it and take it out of your head. Okay. We don't have to spend all of our time and sit with our thoughts. We can actually communicate them to somebody. And then maybe we're, we stop making assumptions. Maybe we're surprised by the answer or by what somebody says to calm us down. You know, maybe if we talk to a friend that we trust or a therapist or somebody whose advice we really value, we'll get a perspective that can take us out of our heads and put us back into reality or have us looking at things a different way. Okay. Wow. I just paused this for a minute because my neighbor, Michelle, hi, Michelle, shout out, um, go follow Michelle Pilpitch Nutrition. She's the best. She makes sourdough bread and she just dropped off half a loaf of sourdough for me. And it is so good. I like need to finish this episode now so that I can go eat more sourdough. Thanks, Michelle. But I want to end on one more note. And one thing that I really want everyone to take away from, I know how often dating can make us feel like we're crazy or like I've referenced in this episode, not worthy or deserving of love or less than. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care how anybody makes you feel. Yes, your feelings are valid but these things are not true. Okay. You are amazing. You are deserving of love. There is somebody out there for everybody. I'm such a believer in that. You just have to keep looking and it's okay to take breaks and it's okay to heal and take time to become who you are and to learn yourself and to know yourself and to grow yourself. But there is nothing wrong with you and you are not crazy. No matter how much of an overthinker and how much you get in your head and spiral and doom scroll and doom swipe and overthink every single text. Like you're not crazy. Okay. And if somebody is making you feel crazy, they are not the person for you. They're not somebody you want to be with. It should not be that painful and confusing and stressful and hard because with the right person, it will feel easy and it'll feel comfortable and you'll feel safe. And you'll be almost surprised by how easy and comfortable and safe it feels and you feel. So if somebody is making you feel crazy, if you are starting to feel crazy because of what somebody's saying or doing, or even if it's not something they're saying, it's just the vibe or the, the time between you're seeing each other or texting or all of these things that you're overthinking, you're not crazy. There's nothing wrong with you. This just might not be the right fit. And that's okay. I promise you that's okay. 
because that means there's someone else out there who's a better fit for you. I promise. I pinky promise. And I take pinky promises very seriously. Okay. Okay. I do have to go because I did just have a friend send a guy she went on a date with a text that she had a good time on their date and would love to see him again. And he did respond that he had a great time too and feels bad saying this because she's great, but he just doesn't feel a romantic connection. So I got to go talk to her, but I see in her text, I haven't responded yet. She was like, ouch, that hurts a little, but I already knew this and I'm glad he said it. And I'm so proud of her for sending that text. And I'm so proud of her for saying, I already knew this and it's great to just hear it because guess what, you guys, she can go to sleep feeling a little bruised tonight. Her ego's bruised a little. Tomorrow she's going to wake up and she's going to be like, okay, on to the next. Instead of all weekend sitting there in pain and agony and stress wondering, is he going to want to see me again? When am I going to hear from him? Is he texting differently than before? I feel like things are fizzling. I don't know what's happening. What's, what does this mean? I get stressed even thinking about that because I know how shitty it feels. Okay. So if anyone else is in that boat, just send the damn text. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Let me know what other solo episodes you want to hear. If you want more Q&As, if you want more specific topics like this, if you liked the reframes, if you have other reframes, I'm here for it all. And I'm here for all of you guys. I love you so much. Email me seeing other people podcast at gmail.com. If there are specific questions or topics you want covered, if you want to come on an episode or don't forget, there's always the story highlighted link and the direct me link that leads you to a Google form where you can submit long questions for me to answer on the show. Love you guys so much. And I will talk to you next time. Sourdough time. Thanks for listening, daters. I hope today's episode made you feel just a little bit less alone out there, no matter what your status might be. Give your finger a break from swiping and hit that follow and review button instead. And if you have any burning questions or want to share your own dating horror stories, reach out to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. And in the meantime, keep on seeing other people. Mads, I am obsessed with our brand pillars. You mean vagina sweat, good branding, and being Jewish bloated queens, Scout? Uh, sure, but not quite. I love that OKSIS podcast and our sisterhood is made up of women who are down for main character energy only, who take care of their mental health, and who are standing in their personal power as entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah. That too, Scout. That too. We should probably introduce ourselves. Hello, everyone. I am Mads. And I am Scout. And we are sisters IRL. Join us on OKSIS Podcast every Monday for some sisterly banter, nourishing mental health, a whole lot of silliness, and inspiring interviews from the raddest female guests in the game. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood!